welcome to Avant-Garde Book Storytime. I am Cherie Hardy, and today I will be reading Eyes from Nowhere, How Georgia Gilmore Sustained the Montgomery Bus Boycott. This book was written by Dee Romito and illustrated by Laura Freeman. If you have this book, you can follow along with me. If you don't, it's quite okay. Get in a very comfortable place, get relaxed, and listen to Pies from Nowhere. When Georgia Gilmore was a young girl, she lived on a farm in Alabama where she fed the pigs and milked the cows. Georgia did her best to listen to what her mother taught her. Think twice before doing anything you might regret and never hate anyone. Georgia grew up and soon had a family of her own. She did plenty of cooking along the way, and when it was time for something sweet, she knew just what to do. She'd blend butter and sugar in a bowl to get her homemade pound cake started, and then add tea bags to a pot of water for a new batch of sweet tea. Georgia was a cook at the National Lunch Company in downtown Montgomery, Alabama, Because of segregation laws, the restaurant counter was separated into two sections, one side for white customers, one side for black customers. Georgia knew it was wrong, but that was the way things had always been. On December 1st, 1955, Georgia was working at the restaurant when a news alert came over the radio. A black woman named Rosa Parks had been arrested for refusing to give up her seat on a bus to a white passenger as the law demanded. Already a civil rights activist, Rosa was tired of giving in to rules that were unjust and she wasn't the only one. The next day, an association of black women distributed a flyer asking people to boycott public transportation on Monday. It said, please stay off all the buses. Georgia watched watched as the buses drove down the street, one after another, empty. Because she'd been treated poorly by white drivers so many times before, Georgia hadn't ridden the buses for two months. Still, she wanted to be a part of the movement she saw growing. Not long after she went, to Holt Street Baptist Church to hear Reverend Ralph Albanathy and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speak. The church was full. The crowd overflowed onto the street outside. Large speakers had been set up so thousands more could hear. Dr. King spoke about doing good things for one another. He talked about freedom, unity, equality. We are determined here to Montgomery to work and fight until justice runs down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Those were things Georgia believed in and she was willing to fight for them. So Georgia decided to help the best way she knew how. She worked with a group of women in her community and together they purchased the supplies they needed, bread, lettuce, and chickens, and they and off they went to cook. The women brought the food to the meetings that followed at the church. They sold sandwiches. They sold dinners in their neighborhood. 
As the bus boycotters walked and walked, Georgia cooked and cooked, and boy did the people of Montgomery love her food. Georgia's group donated the profits from their sales to the Montgomery Improvement Association, which helped fund the boycott. But if anyone had found out these women were involved, they could have lost their jobs. So Georgia ran the operation and the other women acted as secret helpers. See, the way I figured it, people always had to eat, so I made the pie, said Georgia. The women sold baked goods to stores, groceries, laundromats, and beauty shops in their neighborhoods, and people paid in cash so they wouldn't be connected to aiding the boycott. Sweet potato pie, peach pie, red velvet cake, seven up cake. Only Georgia knew who baked them, and only Georgia knew who bought them. Every Monday and Thursday, Georgia would go early to the boycott strategy meetings at the church. She'd walk up to the collection plate and announce how much her group was contributing. There, there was cheering, clapping, foot stuffing. But whenever people asked where the monies came from, she remembered her promise to keep it a secret. It came from nowhere, she'd say. Because of this, her brave group of women bakers became known as the Club from Nowhere. The club not only raised enough to purchase gas for the carpool system that had been set up for the boycott, but they were also able to buy station wagons to aid the effort and help get people where they needed to go. But Montgomery didn't want their buses continuing to lose money, so the city did what it could to stop the protesters and their efforts. Dr. King and 89 others were arrested for their roles in the boycott, and Georgia was called to speak in court about an instance when a bus driver had mistreated her. After she had already paid, the driver demanded she get off and enter through the back of the bus, as black riders were forced to do at that time. When I reached the back door and was about to get on, he shut the back door and pulled off, and I didn't even ride the bus after paying my fare. So I decided right then and there I wasn't going to ride the buses anymore, Georgia testified. Georgia knew she was doing the right thing by standing up for her fellow protesters, but news of the trial spread across the country like wildfire. When the National Lunch Company found out she was a part of the boycott, she was fired from her job. Georgia was unemployed and raising six children on her own. She needed to find a new way to support her family. Dr. King encouraged her to start her own business. All these years you worked for somebody else. Now it's time you work for yourself, he said. He helped her improve the kitchen in her home, and Georgia got new pots and pans and cooking supplies. Word soon got around and people came to eat at Georgia's. When they came to her house for a meal, they would eat wherever they could find a seat. And if they couldn't find a seat, they'd eat standing up. Georgia loved to talk and joke with her customers and friends. Soon enough, there were long lines to get a meal cooked by her. People ordered meals for delivery, too. Georgia was making hundreds of lunches each day. She packed up fried chicken, black-eyed peas with okra, fresh corn muffins, and apple pie, and sent her kids out to deliver them. If you were lucky, you might even get homemade macaroni and cheese. She was providing good food for her community, 
but she was also bringing the people of Montgomery together, black and white. Dr. King frequently had meals at George's house. Because she was a big woman with a big personality, he lovingly called her Tiny. And because civil rights leaders, civil rights leaders knew they could trust Georgia, her home became a place for important and often secret meetings. I just served them and let them talk, she'd say. On November 13, 1956, Georgia was cooking in her kitchen, listening to music on the radio when the station interrupted the song to deliver the news. The Supreme Court had declared that segregation on buses was illegal. The boycotters had won. Georgia was thrilled. People could ride the bus and sit anywhere they desired. At the next church meeting, Georgia sat in her seat and listened as Dr. King announced that the Montgomery bus boycott was a success. We didn't have to walk no more, said Georgia, even before Martin Luther King Jr. got up there and told us it was over. We knew it was over, and we knew we had won. Still there would be more battles to fight, so Georgia Gilmore kept right on cooking. And boys and girls, here is an author's note that I would like to read to you. On December 1st, 1955, Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to give up her seat to a white person. At that time, black passengers were only allowed to sit behind the colored side on buses. And if more whites got on, blacks had to move back. While two other women had previously been arrested for fighting segregation laws, on buses, Claudette Colvin and Mary Louise Smith, Rosa's arrest finally sparked the Montgomery bus boycott, which began on December 5, 1955. The city tried to stop the boycott by penalizing taxi drivers who charged less for riders who refused to take the bus, giving parking tickets to drivers aiding carpools, and arresting drivers and passengers for overloaded cars. Protesters faced verbal and physical abuse, as well as financial hardships. Despite all this, the black community persisted, guided by leaders like E.D. Nixon, Joanne Robinson, and Johnny Carr. On November the 13th, 1956, the Supreme Court ruled that segregation on buses was unconstitutional. However, official orders weren't delivered to the city officials for another five weeks. The boycott ended on December 20, 1956, 381 days after it had begun. The Club from Nowhere's Fund kept raising money, raising fundraising was an important part of keeping the boycott going, especially in the early stages. Their donations were critical in providing gas, cars, and auto maintenance to assist the boycott. They even inspired another group of women, led by Inez Ricks, called the Friendly Club to sell food and raise money for the cause on the other side of town. Georgia described herself as fiery and said that because of Dr. King, she'd learned to control her temper and make a lot of friends she wouldn't have made otherwise, both black and white. Those who knew her described Georgia as good as a good listener and confidant. Her home restaurant on Derricote Street in Montgomery became a safe meeting place for many civil rights figures. In later years, Dr. King even brought Robert Kennedy and President Lyndon Johnson to Georgia. 
President John F. Kennedy once ordered her food for takeout to eat on Air Force One. Wow. On the 12th, 25th anniversary of the march from Selma to Montgomery, Georgia cooked macaroni and cheese and fried chicken for those commemorating the occasion. But sadly, Georgia became ill and died soon after. After the funeral, her family served the food she had prepared, a fitting tribute to a remarkable woman. Georgia probably wouldn't have had it any other way. You cannot be afraid if you want to accomplish anything. You got to have the willing, the spirit, and above all, you got to have the get up. Georgia Gilmore. Wow, boys and girls, again, this book was Pies from Nowhere. How Georgia Gilmore Sustained the Montgomery Bus Boycott, written by D. Romito, illustrated by Laura Freeman. I hope you enjoyed this important story. Have a great day, boys and girls. Take care.